Good afternoon. Today on Not Your Average Joe, we are joined by David Matthews, a student at Brigham Young University with dreams of someday opening his very own addiction recovery facility. Join me as we talk with David about the influence addiction has had in his life and his passion to use his experiences to help others. All right. Here we are on Not Your Average Joe with David Matthews. David, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank David, you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where, where are you in life right now? Um, I am 23. Right now I'm living in Provo, Utah, going to school at BYU. Um, you know, living the dream. Trudging along um, in your school. Where, yeah. where, where are you studying? Uh, right now I'm an exercise and wellness major. Awesome. So. On what timetable are you going to be in there for a while? Or? Yeah, I have about two years left. Um, so, you know, that last, that home stretch yeah. where the homework gets, just gets more and more. You and know. I, I, I feel you there. Then, I mean, on top of your school, you have, you know, you're, you're obviously, a, I understand you're a very successful salesman, you know, pounding the pavement, as they say. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of pavement to pound for sure. It's how did been, how did you get into I mean summer sales? Is this kind of a stumble upon you here in Provo? Or? Uh, yeah, I did. It was something my so two years ago. Um, I decided that I just wanted to make enough money to pay for school, to pay for. I basically didn't want to have to ask my parents for any money. Um, I feel like that would be really meaningful, and uh, so I started looking into a few companies, and I stumbled into a company that I loved. Um, that I actually randomly met at like a party event um, in Lehigh, of all places. And so, and the rest is just history. The rest is, you know, just treating me well. And now you're here. That's awesome. Well, David, we're, we're, we're very lucky to have you here today. And one I wanted to talk about is, you know, in the years that I've known you, especially here at, you know, here at Brigham Young, that you've been studying hard and with you know for a purpose and mm-hmm. what we want I kind of wanted to know a little bit about what your your passion in life is and kind of how that came about and what you wanted to do with it why don't you tell us about that a little bit yeah absolutely um it, it's tricky you know like uh, I feel like I was very blessed from a younger age from a little bit before um BYU to kind of have an idea of what my passion was and and, and I discovered what is, um, what is your passion? From a from yeah, um, from a fairly young age, I, I discovered that addiction recovery, um, and the whole healing process behind you know breaking the addiction cycle, and then the healing that happens within a personal standpoint and a family standpoint, um, on the road to recovery, uh, it became just something that spoke to me, um, and I haven't been able to get rid of the bug since. Yeah. Why, why, you know, why I understand it's very close to home. Addiction recovery kind of hits home in your life and in your realm. What, what background do you have in, in that? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of funny. At, uh, at a couple of the local addiction recovery um, meetings and programs that I volunteer at, they call me a muggle because I haven't actually ever experienced an addiction. Um, <laughs> I just haven't. Um, and so the reason that it, that it hits close for home is because my dad actually passed away um, from an addiction that he suffered with uh, when I was very young. Uh, And so seeing everything that went into that addiction and everything that came of that addiction and everything in between, it really shaped me in a very specific way that I felt like uh, I felt like I kind of just started to discover a personal calling. 
And that's 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 your why, I guess. You want, yeah. What is, would you say that your why yeah. or what kind of what's driving you is that you want to help other people who have similar experiences or or the you know you want to help help people who have you know, kind of in similar situations? Yeah, I, I think the coolest part about figuring out your why is that the more you dive in, the deeper it gets. And so initially my why was um, I saw who my dad was um, or how he behaved, I should say, when he wasn't on withdrawal. And, and I saw and I observed some of his behaviors when he was. And it was kind of a night and day difference. Um, he wasn't himself and you know anyone that was involved um, during those times closely could tell you the same thing you know he was just a completely different person and so my my initial why was you know if my dad being you know the LDS elders corn president Sunday school president um, you know very politically active uh, very charismatic you know the guy in the neighborhood that everyone loved um, if he could be that guy when he wasn't on withdrawal and then, you know, kind of the complete opposite when he was, um, you know, there's, there's a disconnect there. And, and I wanted to spend my life helping people um, stay out of that opposite side of the spectrum because I realized I probably wasn't the only one living um, under this reality. No, absolutely. I, addiction and all their forms affect I don't even. I can't even put the number to it. So many people every day, and every year. That's that's awesome that you take you want to challenge your experience and not be vindictive or or angry as much as it's. I'm sure it's so painful and has been painful throughout your life and will be for the rest of your life. But you want to channel that experience and for a greater cause, for positive, to you know, bring about change you know, in the world around you. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like a big part of the, the story, um, or a big part of the experience really is the pain. You know, I, in high school, I wrote, um, I wrote a poem about my experience with my dad's passing. And that was an, ex- uh, an amazing experience in and of its own to, to be able to put some of my feelings in writing. But one of the lines that I wrote in there is that, you know, there's going to be an empty, empty seat at every major milestone my life will have to offer. Like, you know, and, and during the football games in high school, you know, there was, there's essentially, there was essentially, you know, always an empty seat in the bleachers. And, and uh, one of my other lines that I wrote that really, like, put, you know, some of the thoughts and feelings I have is, you know, my dad will never dance at his daughter's wedding. Um, and so... I feel like that's a very essential part of the story, um, but luckily it's not the end of the story, you know. And luckily that's not the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, the the better part of the story is the part that's you know not that part of the story, so <laughs> so to speak, right? <laughs> the better part of the story is the solution, um, and so it's just been you know it's been an amazing journey to to dive in and explore the waters. Yeah, no, that no, I'm that's an insp- you're an inspiring example of kind of rebounding and getting back up off your feet from such a such a traumatic you know dynamic in your life and that that poem you wrote tell, tell us a little bit about your experience with that poem I understand that it's been 
you know, it wasn't just, it was more than a poem for you. It, it meant a lot more and had a lot greater impact. Tell us about the, your experience writing that and what has come because of it. Yeah, absolutely. That, uh, so creative writing, junior year, sen- senior year, creative writing. High school. Kyle Nelson. Yeah. Shout out to Mr. Nelson if he ever listens to this. Um, he, uh, we, we had a poetry unit um, and there was something about the way that Mr. Nelson taught that always inspired me and I always wanted to bring my best work to him um, to kind of get his stamp of approval. He was kind of seen as, in my mind, as the mentor uh, for a lot of things. And we had this, this poetry unit and I decided, you know, I want to do something really meaningful and I want to write about something that, that really has impacted me. So I decided to write a poem um, of my experience and my perspective on my dad's addiction um, and uh, his battle with, with addiction. And so kind of a crazy story. I had written like two or three poems. There was this poetry slam at the end of the week that I was entered in. And I had written two or three poems, and they just didn't feel right. And I remember uh, the, the poetry slam was Friday night at 7 o'clock um, in the auditorium at the high school. And after school, so around 2.15, I went into Mr. Nelson's office or into, uh, into his classroom and like gave him my poem. I was like, what do you think? Like, I know the things tonight, but I want to tweak a couple things. And he's like, he's like, I don't know, like play with this. I'm not really understanding this type thing. Um, and so I went home probably like four o'clock at this point and I just sat down and it just hit me, um, this poem. And I started writing, and as quick as I could write, the lines were just there. Um, and it, it, I don't even really felt like I wrote it. Like, I felt like it was more given to me than anything else, and I just had the opportunity to write it down and, and share it. And, and so went that night, um, shared the poem, and for the first time in my life, I had found the words and, and the sentences to really paint a picture of some of the feelings that I had had. Um, concerning my dad's addiction and my experience with it. And it was an amazing experience to to put that out there and be vulnerable and share my story and share the story of so many people like me and receive the feedback that I received. And that moment, I remember there was a moment when I was giving the poem and there's a point in the poem where um, I kind of turn... Um, the tables a little bit and and I open up about this poem being about myself um, and about it being about my dad's addiction not just addiction in general and I remember the silence in this room like everyone was listening and I felt like they were listening with all their hearts and, and I just remember that moment of really realizing that I had something worth sharing um, and that it was something that that was meaningful to more than just me and that really became the skyrocket um, for a lot of what I'm working towards still. Wow, what a, what a almost out-of-body kind of feeling experience. And, you know, how crazy it is that it just kind of came to you, kind of it just flowed out of your hand as you're you know, preparing for that evening. That's awesome. And since then, right, you've, you've been able to, it's been adapted into a, a movie. Or yeah, not, not, not a full-length movie, but a, a short movie to accompany the poem right yeah matt gowdy one of one of my best friends um really really talented videographer really creative and uh 
I, I went to him on a Christmas break. I knew he was working on a portfolio, and I said, hey, man, this is something that's really uh, meaningful to me, and I know you're really talented. I would love to collaborate on this, and being best friends, it makes collaborations easy. And so um, Gaudi turned it into a video that was just amazing. Um, yeah, his work was really, really captured a lot of what I was feeling and a lot of what I put down in words. And yeah, Gaudi's work on that video was amazing. That's awesome. And you've been, you mentioned to me on the side before that since then this video of yours is, it's not, it's kind of it's extended beyond your reach because this message that you're saying and the, and it's so poetically portrayed about the pain and the, and the effect of addiction and kind of the havoc that it can cause is, it's been used in, you know, it's outside your circle, right? It's in other yeah. centers and other schools. and Yeah, that's it, been an exciting part of the journey. Um, I had a couple of schools out in St. George, a couple of high schools reach out to me and ask if they could use the video um, in a, a drug awareness assembly. Uh, BYU did an article um, on the video and, and on a little bit of my story so far. Last year, after having seen the video, it's been entered in you know, four or five different video contests and it's won every single video contest has been in or placed in the top two. Um, it's just, it's been really amazing to watch how that, that medium of, of visual art has really, really helped carry this message to such a bigger base. I remember we made the video um, and we showed it to Gaudi's parents. I think Gaudi's parents, after me and Gaudi, were the first people to see it and um, I'll never forget Gaudi's laptop was on the island in his kitchen and his parents both started crying um, and they just thanked us and I remember that feeling in the room of just like wow like this is really going to be impactful and then from there Facebook and YouTube and it, I have family uh, in Europe and so we were seeing that views were coming up in Europe and all over the country and and, and it's just been cool. Uh, it's been really exciting to see it just take off, um, whether that's video contests or, you know, video plays across the country or in Europe or Canada. Um, it's just been really fun, well, really the surprising. The reach of technology, it makes it easy, so easy for you to communicate such a moving message to so many more people, right? Yeah. Well, for those who are, in, who are you know, listening, please, you know, I'll attach the link in the, I'll attach the link here so you can check it out. Everyone needs to see kind of this this video and hear these this poem that we've been talking about for the past few minutes here. You, I know I promise it'll be worth your time. Um, well, <clears throat> I mean, that, that poem and this video and all that's come of it being one of your most impactful experiences, what are some other, some, you know, what is another experience that you've had with, you know, associated with this passion, this why that you have, you know, is really directed the course of your life, you know, that's, that's meant a lot to you. Um, yeah, I feel like there's, you know, the, the video was the first eye-opener. That was really the first time that on a large scale I could put my message out there and my experience out there and realize how many people that, that resonated with. Um, and so that just from there opened up a lot of opportunities. I, uh, having the chance to serve an LDS mission, um, there's always always a special spot in my heart for the people that that I would uh, go into their homes and uh, and you know teach them about um, 
why I believe the things I do. And, and when those families, being in Mexico, there was a lot of addiction in the areas where I was serving. And I always had a special spot in my heart. And, and, and so a lot of opportunities opened up there to really benefit people in significant ways and, and meaningful ways to me. And um, even since, just with um, with writing contests and research opportunities and video contests and volunteer opportunities and networking. It's really just, you know, open the door to, to, to possibilities and, and to solutions to, to this problem. Mm-hmm. What, what do you, you know, up to now you've been, you've shared your story and kind of how you've gotten to where we are right now what you know now we're going forward right what yeah is your vision for yourself with with this passion you have and where you're at in life what do you want to what do you want to do yeah um that's such an exciting question uh i i ask myself that a lot you know what's the exact direction i want to take i feel like in high school i started out with this idea that i wanted to be a counselor i wanted to be a social worker and then as i got to college and 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 after my mission Um, I realized, you know, like, I do want to be involved with the same issue, but maybe I don't want to wear the the hat of a a social worker. Um, And just diving into it to where I feel like my skill set is and where my passions are, um, you know, in the next 10 years, my my passion and my dream is to have a facility, to have, you know, I've been looking into a lot of outpatient um, modeled facilities where families can come in, get appropriate treatment, um, get a, made you know the the appropriate resources made available to them, um, but that's that's the dream in the next ten years is to have a facility, um, whether I partner or start on my own. I like the idea of starting one on my own, um, but we'll see we'll see when we get there. The Dave Matthews Foundation, huh? <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I I wish you obviously the best of luck in bringing that to pass. I think. You know, principally the universe and karma or what, God, whoever you might, whatever we might believe in, is not definitely on your side, and that you, in helping you kind of accomplish such a such a noble and such an exciting, you know, goal, mm-hmm. so to speak. What, you know, what do you feel like, you know, on a more secular level, like for, for addiction and these in these kind of problems throughout the country? What do you think is the what do you think needs to change, you know, to make this so less, you know, obviously we, we have, you know, addiction recovery is such a powerful tool, but we, uh, I, you know, hopefully we'd be able to prevent addiction in the first place, you know, in the future as well. What do you think needs to happen in the country to kind of bring that about? Yeah, what, what a big question to tackle. Um, the, and, and there's a few things that come to mind, you know, I think that Number one, first and foremost, awareness. Um, we can't be, we can't fix a problem that we're not aware of. We can't fix a problem that we don't understand the basic players or the basic components um, of its inner workings, right? Um, as you were saying that, an idea that came to my mind is I've been working on a project recently. Um, one of the biggest problems, so my, my passion is more opiate-based addiction, so your prescription medications, your Vicodins, your Lortabs, your Percocets, that sort of um, gear, um, that sort of uh, facet of it all. And one of the big problems is is that a lot of people will keep pills in their medicine cabinets. 
um, and they won't dispose of these these pain prescription uh, medications after you know the pain goes away they, they use it until their broken ankle heals or they use it until their ACL heals up or, or whatever the case is and then they have pills left over um, and they sit in the medicine cabinets and so from there um, people that are under the mindset and the paradigm of addiction um, will find these these medicine cabinets that are just stocked full and then you know they find their next source and, and so to answer your question one of the one of the projects I've been working on recently and I've been kind of networking in with a few different pharmacologists uh, and a few different researchers here on campus is um, to create some kind of a substance. Uh, it'd probably have to be outside of the pill, but uh, probably within the packaging that would um, expedite the expiration date on, on these lore tabs. Similar to, to what I know a lot of um, pharmaceutical companies have developed um, means where where if these these opiates are crushed up, the exposure to oxygen will um, like uh, disengage the opiate effects, um, which essentially means if if you break the pill, it won't have any opiate effects on you. It won't it won't feel good when you take it. It won't get rid of the pain. Uh, and so something that would be packaged within the the pill prescription bottle itself um, that would cause that after X amount of days um, that pill to be void. And that it wouldn't have those same um, effects on your system, so that way you don't have pills that are sitting around for forever. For forever. Yeah. You almost you almost wanted to wanted to go bad. Yeah, you want it to go bad quicker, and then if they need more, they can go get more. But then there's that interaction with the physician, and the physician the physician can make a better judgment on the prescription, and and it would be it would the state be state that they're in, right? Yeah, and it, that's just one of the things. I mean, there's a million reasons why we're we're in the predicament that we're in, but that's mm-hmm. one of the areas that I think would be fun to take the bull by the horn, so to speak. That's awesome. Well, that's such a good answer. I didn't, I know, I never thought about either. You know, that solution. I think that's awesome, and could really be an easy an easy tool to remedy so much problem that we that we experience around us. Um, as we're kind of wrapping up here, David. You know, we, you, you, you culminate all of your experience and all, all these things that you felt and said and saw and, you know, heard throughout your life. And what I'd want to ask you is what, what do you want, what would you like to say to someone else who's experienced, who has had a similar experience to you? What kind of advice or could you offer someone in your, who's been in the same, a similar position? Yeah, wow. That is... You know, that's my why, right? Like, the reason that I got so, that I've decided, like, the reason that my passion has grown to what it's grown is because I wanted to be that guy that 10 years down the road, if I saw someone that was in my shoes where I was 10 years ago, um, I could be that person to just say, hey, like, hang in there. Like, the night is darkest just before the dawn. Um, I had... It's, it's interesting that you say that. There's a, a, one of my favorite um, addiction recovery programs that I like to volunteer at. Um, well, on one of my first days walking in, I just kind of sit in the back um, and volunteer and, and help with whatever behind-the-scenes stuff I can help with. And I remember I walked in, and, and there was a little boy um, who, during the course of the presentation, I found out that he was nine years old. And when I walked in... Um, he was sitting next to his dad and holding his dad's hand. And 
during the course of that same presentation, um, that same uh, meeting, you know, I, his dad was, was mentioning how he was going through his road to recovery and his process of healing and how his son was, uh, was his biggest motivator. And I remember just sitting in the back of the room and seeing the little nine-year-old kid hold his dad's hand. And, and I was nine years old when my dad passed away. It's probably um, important context to the story. And just thinking to myself, you know, what if something like this would have been available when my dad was going through his go-through? Um, like, I, I knew without a doubt that I would have been, you know, the nine-year-old boy holding his dad's hand um, and, and, you know, helping him through the fight that it is because it really is a fight. It really does take, you know, every part of your soul um, to, to come out the victor. Um, and... So I guess to answer your question, um, two messages that I would have, you know, even the muggles can make a difference. Um, the the group calls me a muggle because I've never had an addiction, and so you don't you don't necessarily need to be personally involved. You you don't need to wait for a dad to pass away um, to be a part of the solution. Uh, and and the second and maybe even the more important message that I would share with anyone is, you know, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, there's, there's day at the end of the dawn there's, there's so much to be lived for and it's so worth pushing for I, uh, it's amazing to me um, to watch the people that I love and the people that I've come to grow and care about go through their process and, and live um, their road to recovery and there's just so much good to be had from it. Um, there's so much to be learned. There's so much to be understood about who we are as humans and, and our relationships and, and our meaning here. Um, and, you know, if, if anyone's in that moment where, you know, they, they feel like things have gotten out of control and, and they don't know where to go, there's so many people around you that are willing to help. And, and there's so many resources available and we don't have all the answers, but we're working as hard as we can to get there. And that, that would probably be, you know, my main message is, um, you know, to help other people, um, you know, travel that road to recovery, experience that healing. Thank you. What an inspiring message. Thank you so much. I won't, I mean, I think we'll finish there. I don't want to distract from such a, such a powerful message you have to share. Thank you so much for being with us today, David. No, thank you. Your thoughts and we wish you the best with all these amazing things you want to do in your life. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Until next time. Everyone, thank you for listening to Not Your Average Joe. Be sure to check out that amazing video we were talking about in the podcast at tinyurl.com slash pianomanvideo. Again, if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay tuned for new releases on jacobyamada.com. Have a great day.